You ready, boys? Yeah. And I'm going to ask a question, uh, and I know it's an uncomfortable question. I've got to ask it. Do you think he quit? So we're about to hit Sky Silly season now, aren't we? We're 10 days away from Joshua Ruiz 2. And the nonsense is going to start coming out. You know, the spin and the misdirection. And that's what you really want to look for in this, in this build-up. You really want to look for the misdirection. If we think about where we are right now, and let's just talk in terms of things that we know heading into Joshua Ruiz 2. One. Joshua struggles to do 12 rounds. Number two, Joshua, when hit to the top of the head, can't box. Joshua, when hit to the chin, can't box. And it seemingly takes him five or six rounds to recover. And we base the recovery time on the Klitschko fight where he lost every minute of that fight up until he uppercutted him. And then you then look at, under pressure, he seems lost. He hasn't got the right guidance in the corner from McCracken. And so you start to build this picture up that says he can't take body shots. He stays hit when he's hit. He doesn't really recover well. And he doesn't like people that come forward. So my question is, in all the masses of expenditure on quality sparring, as he likes to say, when are we going to get a discussion about what things he's actually fixed? So can he take body shots now? We still don't know. How's his stamina over 12 rounds? We still don't know. I'm confident as a side note that no matter how much EPO you put in Anthony Joshua, he's just a guy that's not designed to do 12 rounds, much like Mike Tyson's not designed to do 12 rounds. And then you look at the chin and you look at the heart and all these things and you go, well, you haven't really had people in camp that are going to give you that kind of test. Let's be brutally honest. Timothy Moton for... For all of his happy-go-lucky mindset, like that's the last thing you want in a, in a camp. You don't want your sparring partner just happy to be around Anthony Joshua. And maybe that's why Joey Dueco wasn't invited, because Joey doesn't care. Joey's there to give you that work. Timothy Moton's just there to tell his mum he's made it. You know? And then they had the other guy, the, the guy they fished out of Germany, who... Jesus, he, he looked like he hadn't trained for about five years. And then you've had all, you know, you've had a cast of characters come in and out of that camp, but none of them, and I repeat, none of them have what Ruiz has got. And if you see the clip from the, the Gloves Are Off, which was in the intro, what I love about Ruiz is he reads situations intuitively. So if you go back and watch the intro clip for The Gloves Are Off, when Johnny Nelson asks the question, do you think he quit? Joshua swallows hard twice, right? There's no relaxation in there. There's no relaxation where you're saying, yeah, of course I didn't quit. What's he talking about? There was a thing that said, God, what's he going to say? Oh my God, what's he going to say? 
Maybe he's figured me out. Maybe he knows that I quit. And if he knows that I quit, he'll make me quit again. And, and really, that's the subtext to all of this. In that first fight, we don't want to get disillusioned. We don't want to get sucked into a narrative that Ruiz blasted Joshua out of there. Because that's not true. Not much in Ruiz's career tells you he blasts people out of there. What Ruiz is, is a pretty complete boxer as a technician. What he also is, is someone that doesn't fit the rule book. And this is why finding sparring for Ruiz is hard. I was talking to a good friend of mine, uh, Big Donald Smith, about this very thing the other day. And big shouts out to Don, man. I know he's still having a hard time of it about the rider result. But, you know, we've discussed that in a previous pod. But as I say, you know, that just shows how far he's elevating that, you know, he's main, main eventing in Sky and it's not long till he's main eventing a pay-per-view. But I digress. When you watch Ruiz throw punches, it's, there's, a, there's a weirdly elegant beauty to it. Um, visually not like Antonio Tava, but in the sense of how you feel watching it, it's much like Antonio Tava where you look and you go, I don't think I could throw shots that look that good. So when you watch Ruiz, he throws these shots where he seems to generate speed and whip from positions that don't make sense. So try throwing punches the way Ruiz does, going from a, from a jab right hook into a double left hook. You can't. Like, he's been, it's something he's perfected from when he was really young. And you can see that it's an intuitive style that he's adapted because... The punches have different shapes to them. So whatever Josh has prepared for, and these guys that he's got in the gym, from the clips we see, they're pretty conventional. So his defensive posture is there to deal with guys who are pretty conventional. Timothy Moten, in my eyes, is terrible. He is terrible. You know, you've got a little fat guy. They could have found, to be honest, I, I can name guys. Like I used to train a guy called Shay Teep who's far better than Timothy Moten, who would probably hand him his backside. Uh, Taran Willett would hand him his backside. These are all guys who are better than Timothy Moten, more experienced in my eyes than Timothy Moten. Yeah, so if that's the guy that's giving you that Ruiz work, he hasn't got the boxing brain to do that because what Ruiz will be able to do is create new problems for Joshua. That's what I'm looking forward to in this fight is what new problems is Ruiz going to give Joshua? Because like I said earlier, it's not like he just blitzed him out of there where you can say, oh, uh, well, yeah, he just iced him. Joshua was doing well till he got iced. No. Joshua was systematically beaten up, broken down. All that armor, all that tough guy armor that he was able to con Charles Martin, Dominic Brazil, Joseph Parker, Carlos Takam, Vladimir Klitschko, uh, Povetkin, all these guys he was able to con with all that armor. What Ruiz said was, I'm going to pull back each layer of that armor and I want to find out who you really are, Anthony Joshua. And what we saw in that seventh round was who Anthony Joshua really is. And, and so in the build-up, don't feel confident about Joshua winning until they address all of these questions. Which Anthony Joshua is going to show up? Because every boxer is different after a defeat. Every one of them is. And I don't know where that comes from. 
deep down, I suspect it comes from a sense of injustice and you've got to feel that you've been hard done by. But if you look at Anthony Joshua from 2010 to this point, he's only really been hard done by once and that was when he got the silver in the world championships, right? So between that and Andy Ruiz, he's had it all his own way. So where's this adversity Joshua's had to conquer? Because he kind of ran through the amateur scene in the UK relatively unopposed because there wasn't anyone there. You know, between Armin Issa, you know, whoever he is, good luck to him, and Dominic Akinladi, they were the two guys that were meant to stop him and they failed. So Joshua's not in the category. So when they say guys like Lennox Lewis came back from defeats, yes. But Lennox came back from setbacks in the 84 Olympics to win gold in 88. Lennox came back from setbacks against Oliver McCall, setbacks against Hasim Rackman. Lennox knows how to deal with setbacks because he's been overcoming them his whole career as an, as an amateur and as a pro. Same thing with Evander Holyfield. You can, you can find the roots of their character. You can find the roots of their soul in the fact that when they were young, they had to overcome things. Joshua's had it all his own way. So in this defeat to Ruiz, we're going to find out how much does Anthony Joshua want to be great versus how often can he say he wants to be great. But there are questions over Ruiz too. Has that victory changed Ruiz? Has it dulled his hunger? Does he still feel overlooked? Does he still feel that sense of injustice? Does Andy Ruiz still feel there's something to prove? I hope he does because you need to have that mindset to fight someone like Anthony Joshua because it's that mindset that tells you you're not going down. It's that mindset that tells you that the jab doesn't hurt. It's that mindset that tells you you've got to execute your full skill set against this guy. And I, I, I don't want Andy Ruiz to think this is going to be easier second time round. He's got to come in with the same intensity but also reflective of a three-month training camp where he's been able to pick the sparring partners he needs and he's been able to fully embrace being a multiple world champion, which actually, if you think about it, he hasn't had much time to do. If we examine Andy Ruiz's career objectively, really, the only win of note on his record is Anthony Joshua. Now, there's a rational argument to say the... Parker fight should have been a win for Ruiz but how good is Parker really I think we now put Parker on that second tier of heavyweights so actually Parker's more of a peer of Ruiz based on what he's been able to do in the game you know Andy Ruiz against Anthony Joshua this is I liken it to Rocky it was a Rocky moment where Josh has picked someone seemingly not not necessarily at random but of a very narrow pool of guys who are available, he's picked someone and that guy's shown up and delivered. Let's not get sucked into believing that Andy Ruiz is a world beater. Because he's not. That's not to say that he couldn't be, but his record to date suggests that he's not. Because if you're going to say, look, Tyson Fury gets criticism for his record, but his record stands up against Ruiz's easily, as does Wilder's. In fact, as does Joshua's. So, how good is Ruiz? We won't know till this Joshua thing's over. We know he's talented. 
We know he's intelligent in the ring. We know he's as brave as they come. We know he's as tough as they come. More importantly, we know he can do the distance. He has enough unanimous decision victories on his record to suggest he can do this. I remember about six years ago, knocking about with Tor Hamer, just, I mean, doing some work with him because obviously I got to know him through just being in Gleason's in New York. And that was in the build-up to the Reese fight where Hamer retired. And that's probably his last fight, I think. So I've been availed of Ruiz. And at that time, people expected Hamer to beat Ruiz, which tells you all you need to know. So Andrew Ruiz isn't this world beater that suddenly you're going to put in the top five heavyweights in the world. He's not. What he was seemingly able to do was prove to be Joshua's kryptonite and actually give us a realistic view of who Anthony Joshua is. Now... For all the Joshua fans who will listen to this and go, you're just hating Joshua. No, I'm going to turn the question on everyone else and say, after this fight, win or lose, let's demand that the soft matchmaking for Joshua stops. If he wins, no more soft touches. If he loses, no more soft touches. Put him in tough. Put him in with guys like Joe Joyce. Because he needs those fights to grow. You... This Joshua thing's taught us one thing above all else. You can't make a world champion in a lab. That EIS is cool for winning Olympic medals because that's based on metrics. The more punches you throw, the more likely you are to win. But the pro game's completely different. In the pro game, this is about craftsmanship. It's about your ability to create victory. You know, for all of Wilder's criticisms... Wild as a craftsman, when it comes to delivering those knockouts, he's iced people every which way. He's caught you rushing in, he's come after you, he's hit you straight, he's hit you wide, he's hit you with uppercuts. He's done it all, left hand, right hand. He's done it with a torn bicep, he's done it with burns on his arm, he's done it with the flu. Wild as a craftsman, in terms of what he's good at, as is Tyson Fury. Fury doesn't always get the knockout, but he's a craftsman in that ring at showing you elite level skill. What you have in Joshua is more of a grafter. So it's, it's the difference between someone who builds the bathroom cabinet from scratch and someone who just packs together the Ikea version. Joshua is the guy that packs together the Ikea version. He just does what he's instructed to do and it works out more often than not. Guys at Ruiz... You just give them planks of wood, some screws and some bolts and they'll, put, they'll build you a bathroom cabinet. Precise, flush, level. All those good things that master craftsmen do. And against that, Joshua struggled. The EIS system's falling apart for that very reason. They're not teaching the craft of boxing. And... Is one of the things I'm starting to notice as more and more amateur coaches are trying to get involved in the pro scene, mainly because they see the money, it's greed. It's not a desire to prove yourself as one of the best because you have to have won something meaningful in the amateurs for me before you can do that. You have to, you have, to have a case study, you have to have a GB case study before you can start saying, I can cut it in the pros. It's greed. And what these guys are not able to do is teach that craft. That's why everything's coming apart in British boxing at the moment. Because no one's teaching the craft. 
the ability to set traps. And it's the thing, when I talk to good friends of mine that I knew when they were amateur versus when they turned pro, and Umar Sadiq said this in the interview. So if you haven't listened to that interview, you won't have two better hours this week than that interview. But it's about teaching people ring craft. How do you set traps? How do you control them on the inside? How do I make life uncomfortable? And I think Ruiz has more of those tricks than Joshua does. Because Ruiz has had to learn, like he's a dirt tracker. He's had to learn far from the bright lights, man. Sparring Gaza Holyfield, sparring all these horrible guys. And that's what he's been doing, I think, in this camp, is sparring people who are pretty crafty. Michael Hunter's a crafty guy. And so I worry about what happens on December 7th because we're being told that we're going to see a better Joshua. We're, see, we're told we're going to see a better version of him, like Superman. But then you say, but he's been in that EIS for how long? What, what new exercises can you give him? What, you're going to make him lift more weights? He can't, he can't get any more muscle bound. He can't get any stronger physically. He probably can't get any fitter. So what is it you're giving him? I know they've got Angel Fernandez in there and there are some things they're working on. Is this one fight too soon to see the results of that? I don't know. But these are all questions. Nothing we've seen since the loss to Ruiz has confirmed anything to me other than there are so many questions that need answering. And the, I don't think they can find all the answers. So if I'm Andy Ruiz's team right now, I'm saying, okay, let's find out if he's faster. We'll test that. Let's find out if he can take body shots better. We'll test that. Let's find out if his chin's better. We're going to test that. How's his stamina? We want to test that. We want to test everything in those first two or three rounds to know what Joshua we have. Then we're going to go back to peeling the layers away behind, a, in, behind an intelligent jab, behind good ring positioning, solid defense, and combination punching. And that's what Joshua has to deal with. And maybe he's better prepared psychologically for that. But it's 12 rounds. And Ruiz can do that for 12 rounds. He's not going to get tired on you. So I'll be intrigued to see what happens when Joshua has to go backwards. You know, has he got that, that ability to throw the uppercut going backwards? I don't know yet. The uppercut left hook straight right going backwards. If he has, that's an evolution that would make him scary. Let's not lie. If, if we see a new Joshua with new tricks and a new way of fighting, that might be a scary proposition for everyone else. But it comes down to that ability to be a craftsman. In that maelstrom in Saudi Arabia, where there might be noise, we don't know what the crowd's going to be like. But under that pressure, your legacy on the line, everything about you on the line, can you... Give us something different. Do you have that resilience, that mental strength, that character? Or did you use all of that up overcoming Vladimir Klitschko? Have you used your get out of jail free card? Have you already shown us the best you can ever be and now we're just managing the decline? I don't know the answers to these questions. Honestly, I don't have a view on it yet. December 7th seems to be a night where there's a lot of pressure on Anthony Joshua. Because if Ruiz loses, we're just going to say he reverted back to type. Ruiz was always a second tier heavyweight 
and he's gone back to being a second tier heavyweight. He has nothing to lose, really, for being objective about this. He's going to make more money than he ever thought he would. But if he wins, he relegates Joshua to a second tier heavyweight. And what do we base this on? We base this on history. You start looking at heavyweight champions and the thing that typifies all of them, you can coalesce around two dimensions. One, chins seem to be pretty solid. Two, they always got up and were ready to fight again. The only exception where you can say, ah, I don't know if this guy was really cut out for it was maybe Leon Spinks in the 70s. But he 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 won the belt on a split decision against Ali. Some people think that was controversial. Ali won it straight back in the rematch. And I think he tried to fight Larry Holmes for the world title again, and Larry dealt with him. So then we go to someone like Larry Holmes as a world champion. You know, Ali speaks for himself in terms of chin toughness, resilience. I don't think you can question that. Larry Holmes against Ernie Shavers is all you need to know about how tough Larry Holmes was, right? That's my point. So then you look at Larry Holmes, you look at, you know, just amongst the guys that were doing it, maybe like a Tim Witherspoon, Chin was solid enough. Mike Tyson, especially in the early days, Chin was robust. It was only after his prison sentence that he wasn't the same man. Well, probably Buster Douglas, actually. Sorry, I slipped on that. But that was when the decline started to set in and he just wasn't living right. So then you start to look at the bigger guys like Riddick Bowe, Chin solid, Heart of a Warrior, Evander Holyfield, chin solid, heart of a warrior. Lennox Lewis, chin was solid enough. Like, you know, obviously he got the, the Rackman treatment, but there are reasons for that. But these are all guys that got up and were prepared to go again. Vitaly Klitschko, ready to go again. These are all characters we look at and we'd never question. We'd never look at them and go, I think they quit. Maybe Tyson, but everyone knows my view on Tyson. I think Tyson is kind of in that Joshua camp of ne never really saw him tested in his best years. And then when he was tested, people started making excuses. And so then you go all the way through. Even guys like Vlad, when Vlad was getting knocked down, he still wanted to go. Joshua's not really of that ilk, based on what we saw June 1st. And he's going to have to show us he's of that ilk on December 7th. And that's a lot to ask for someone in the space of six months, in my opinion. That's what worries me. We're used to our heavyweight champions being guys that don't quit. They go to hell and back. They take these heavy shots sometimes with their hands down. You know, toughness. You don't, you don't create that in the EIS. You don't create that under Rob McCracken. You've either got it or you haven't. And I just don't think Joshua has it. Because there's nothing in his background to suggest he has oh, I was in the streets. No, you were just a bit of a troublemaker. What have you had to overcome to get to where you are? Nothing. You're a big guy. You're a bit of a bully. Cool. But all heavyweights are a bit of a bully. That's why it's fascinating because you have all these big bullies that are all together and now we find out who the biggest bully is. And Ruiz is just asking questions. And at the moment, I don't think Joshua's got those answers. But I want someone to tell me or someone to show me that they've at least answered some of those questions around the chin, the heart, the stamina, the ability to take body shots. 
the ability to to jab and keep your hands up all these things that we want to know because i promise you one thing and experience has taught me this no matter how good you looked in camp when that pressure comes on you will revert to who you really are and what you've really learned and that's what we're going to find out on december 7th what has joshua really learned for all the hundreds of thousands he's spent on this training camp what has he learned about himself that he knows he can execute in that fight under any kind of pressure. I don't know yet, but I don't think anyone does. I really don't. What I do want to say in closing is, let's not get sucked into the IFL interviews, the Seconds Out interviews, Adam Smith, Johnny Nelson, all of these that do not get sucked into the hype machine that tells you this is a new and improved, a better Joshua. No one knows that. We're going to find out on December 7th. No one has any insight that can tell us, oh, he's better. Because he hasn't done any of the benchmarks. Joey Dueco wasn't there. The old sparring partners weren't there for us to be able to measure that. So the only measuring stick we'll be able to test him against is December 7th, Andrew Ruiz Jr. Make sure you stream it. Stream it. Watch it off some guy's glasses on YouTube. However you got to do it, do it. Don't pay for it. £25 is ridiculous. But I guess that's the world we live in now. Guys, look, thanks for tuning in. This was just a flash podcast where I just had to just let let a bit out of you know, what I've been thinking on my walk back from the gym. So look, as always, at Highfield Boxing on Twitter and Instagram. Let me let me know what you think. Keep the reviews coming, please. Like don't 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 be there all being shrinking violets and whatnot. Make sure you share. You know, don't don't keep the, the secret sauce to yourself. I mean, you can give no better Christmas present this year than to share this podcast with someone you really care about. You know, let them smile a little bit too. Cheers, guys. Take care.